coming through geocache talk a voice on the line i hear coming through geocache talk it's time for geocache talk whether you are at work in the car or wherever you are we hope you enjoy this show about the great sport of geocaching if you're watching live on youtube you can be part of the adventure tonight in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so that you can get all of the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Trail Bugs for the music and our cool opening video there. We're part of it. And our featured patrons, Sue's Mom, GSMX2, BKQG Family, Dog Mom of Two, Trexer Zero, Hide Go Seek, TX History Lady, or TX HIST Lady, to be technical, Zipper Tiff, TWH Rider, Toe Headed Mule, and our new patrons, RX Wranglers, Railroad, Mustard Devil, and Adi Olson. You'd like to become a patron? Click on the Become a Patron link on the front page of the Geocache Talk website, or you can head on over to the patreon.com forward slash geocache talk website for more details. Patrons get the now famous blackout coin. Yep, I, I brought mine this week. Hey, look, John, it's a geocoin. Have you ever heard of a geocoin? <laughs> okay. uh, no, I'll stick around to hear more about that. <laughs> okay, good. Stick around. There's information about it we'll tell you about later. Uh, <laughs> people will understand later that don't understand. They will get it here in a minute. Uh, as well as bonus content, invites to special events only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as Bison Tube level, and that's just $3 a month. Let's jump right into show 209. We welcome to the show John Stanley, a.k.a. Mountain Bike. Welcome to Geocache Talk. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad uh, my connection is working well enough that you can see me and hear me, at least for now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we uh, we tested, John and I tested yesterday, and it was like, that spot ain't going to work. So <laughs> uh, speaking of, since you've got some light and we've got, we got a, we're going to, uh, we're going to jump right into that. We'll start with that. So um, we can tell you're outdoors, John, but why don't you give everybody kind of an idea of, give people a little panoramic of where you're at here yeah i don't know if you can see that yes this is my view from the deck uh this is priest lake in the panhandle of northern idaho oh wow man that is awesome yeah you got it rough right now buddy <laughs> that is awesome I apologize, apologize for boat noise in the background oh no 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 we like that we like that. It makes us feel like we could all, uh, you know. Yeah, I never apologize for being in a good location. Yeah. I think we all share that in common is one of our things to do, right? Be in a good location. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> Cash Canada. Idaho has lakes? Of course they do. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're thinking of potato country down in the south. Yeah. yeah. Electric Water Boy decided he wanted to be funny about it. Do they grow potatoes on the other side of the lake? Yeah, you're funny, Tom. Funny. You've been, he's probably been up there. He knows what we're talking about. So, all right. Well, good deal. Well, um, we're going to do a little 
a short little bit of news. And so John definitely uh, make any comments you would like as well as we do a little bit of geocaching news. Um, but a couple things. One is um, the um, NASA and uh, geocaching.com and in cooperation with NASA, they uh, have uh, placed a trackable on the new rover that's going out, headed headed to Mars. I think that's really cool that you guys got to work that out. Yeah, you know, they actually surprised us at work with that. The, the people behind that and folks, uh, next time you see or hear of Miss Jen, she's the one who was uh, behind all of that. And Oh, cool. Um, they, they revealed that they had had that done and i was blown away i I just think that's so i'm i've always been a space fanatic oh we are too yeah to be able to have a trackable code on the rover is unbelievable (laughs) it's 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 amazing and i I know we're going to get into that later and you've probably told the story a million times but could you ever imagine that that would be a thing you know i mean how crazy is that (laughs) Short answer, no, no chance. You know, maybe you did. Maybe you're an evil genius and you knew this from the very beginning. This was your plan all along, right? I didn't know it could be done now. You know, yeah. just when, <laughs> when they dropped that to us, it was like, wow, how what kind of connections did you make to get that done? <laughs> well, yeah. And not only now, which is cool, because you know, there's so many things going on right now in the world, and there's 20 years of geocache and everything else, really? but but, uh, <laughs> but but uh, the space program is cooler now than it has been mm-hmm. part of the lifetime that I've known about with Tesla and SpaceX and all the I don't know if you watched it today, but they did, you know, Bob and Doug landed today and they they recovered. And it's so much cooler than it ever was in the past. I mean, like they're they're waving and talking the whole time and they got comms and everything. And they, they finally made space and NASA way cooler than it's been in so many years. And now you also get to involve geocaching in it again. I think if it would have happened now versus 10 years ago, there'd have been a whole different return on it. I think it's going to be amazing now. It's all done on a soundstage in Burbank though, right? <laughs> Don't talk <laughs> you know, just into that. <laughs> Spoilers, we'll edit that out later. <laughs> um, we got some Miss Jen fans in the, in the crowd tonight, so... I think a few of us have run into her from time to time. Yeah. Um, Craig uh, over in, he's watching in the future. He's it's Monday in Australia, but he's watching said that's an incredible idea. He's watching this on rerun though. So is is he rerun? No, I think he's live. I think he's there live. Speak rerun tomorrow right now. And and yeah. Oh, that's how does that work? Yeah. He's in Monday, but yeah. Hey, boss, I have an idea that's out of this world. You're funny. Craig's funny. All right. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Good stuff. Um, all right. And let's see. Uh, okay. And then, um, yeah, I, um, and then I can't, then I can't share any more. No, you got to move on from that one. We're not doing any other big announcements tonight. That's true. But there may be more about the NASA thing. So stay tuned. Geocache talk. You never know. There may be something else going on. 
All right, we're moving on then. Yeah, let's jump right uh, into the show. We got a lot of a lot of good stuff to cover tonight. We do, we do. So let's just move on and let's talk with John. Um, so I guess let's let let's start actually pre beginning. Um, how'd you come up with the cool uh, GC name of Mount Ten Bike? Oh. Uh, well, as you as you could probably guess, before geocaching, mountain biking was my my favorite hobby. Um, mm-hmm. And way back in the early '90s, when everyone was on AOL, I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. AOL dial up and all that. Oh, absolutely. But, um, usernames could only be ten characters long, and I wanted to be mountain biker. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, you know, spell it out properly, but that's way too many. So I had to narrow it down, you know, just condense it into, you know, kind of right. speak that, and right. that's that mountain bike 10 characters long was the, the best I could do. Perfect. So that's where that came from. Yeah. I think that there's kind of for another, that's almost, that's almost for another show. It's our little thing for that <laughs> another show. So people that it's a drinking game, people, people are listening, they can, there goes Jesse. Um, but uh, mine, I think a lot of people's came from like, like mine was just a, mine's nothing except part of my name, which is what I used at work, you know? And so I just kind of use, I was like, oh, geocaching. Oh, I'll just use, you know, what am I going to use for a name? It's like, I'll use my email or my username at work. That's real boring. I like Jesse's better. I like the Memphis Mafia. We had a family. It was a, a family thing that we came up with, right? So it's that's why we didn't just get to go with my name. We had to go with a family. It was a whole family doing it at the time, and you know, it's it's interesting to find out where people's stories come from. But mm-hmm. we uh, we struggled over that one for a while till we finally came up with, it. and we have used it for the last decade for everything we've done. It was kind of the reverse of whatever else did, right? We came up with it brand new for geocaching, and then have used it like when we go bowling or when we do anything trivia night, everything. So it was the reverse. We've used it for every single thing since then. So, hey, you know, you get the family involved in something, it's worth it. So, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Sherry's trying to goad us into the announcement. I know what she's trying to do, but I'm not going to go for that. Sorry, no, Sherry. Not tonight. And so, John, <laughs> we're going to ask a couple questions. You know, I know you've been on tons of podcasts and everything else, and obviously, you've been around for a long time. And I've seen you speak at least once at, at Megas and stuff like that. Uh, but, like we were talking about before the show, there's been a lot of brand new people listening lately. So a lot of our people have already heard your story. You know, they, they know everybody knows your name that's been in the game for any amount of time. And there's still more interesting stories to tell either way. But we also have some brand new people. So a lot of this is brand new information. I know it sounds like we're asking you questions you probably get asked a lot of times. But we do have a lot of brand new people in the game recently. And they've been showing up and really eager for information earlier than we've seen in the past. So, um so we're going to ask you those brand new questions too again. So just bear with us for a little while. <laughs> we'll cover both. Yeah, we'll cover both for sure. You have awesome, interesting stories, but um, some of our people are brand new to geocaching. They don't know this is it's kind of newer for them. So we're going through all that stuff. So let's start actually way at the beginning. <laughs> um, where were you born? No, uh, no. Um, <laughs> how did you get introduced to the folks who then eventually formed ground speak. Like, did you know Jeremy before, or did you know somebody else or kind of what was the, what was your first Genesis of 
getting to know and how, you know, when, before Groundspeak began, what was the, your introduction to the people? Uh, I did know them before Groundspeak started, um, but very, um, actually, I'm trying to think actually if it was before Groundspeak started or not. It was in the early days because I actually, I was working at Microsoft in Seattle while Mm -hmm. Redmond uh, at the time, and I donated the software to, to, to help them start the site. I'm not sure if they had already incorporated with the idea or not. I, I don't remember the exact date, but I, because I was in their neck of the woods, right? you know, there were, uh, there were four geocachers in the area at that time. And three of them were those guys and one was me. And uh, so we met and um, gosh, I, I know Jeremy was there. I, I don't think Brian was, I think it was Elias. They'll, oh, yeah. they'll be able to correct me. It's like, I don't even remember. Isn't that terrible? That's fine. <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, I, I do know that uh, Jeremy did most of the talking. Um, and uh, uh, it was basically just a meet and greet, get to know each other. And, and uh, I suggested I could help out with the software. So that was the right. start of that. And it was only because I was in the same area as them, really. Um, it was like, oh, you like-minded people, you know, working in tech and and uh, like this new new GPS game. Right. Did you um, do you think you did you find any stashes prior to uh, the the database coming online? Do you think or? Yeah, um, my first was in September of two thousand. So. Um, it had right. been, the game had been around for four months, but um, I don't believe it had yet been uh, moved to geocaching.com. I think it at that point, it, yeah, uh, I don't know, actually. Um, when I submitted my first cache, which was in June, that right. was on Teague's original site, which was basically just a plain HTML listing of, of uh, cache locations. Um I think, right. I think though, uh, maybe uh, geocaching.com had come online by, I think it was September 24th or 25th when I found my first one. It may, so sorry, I'm, I'm once again, You're I fine. can't remember the early history. <laughs> I know, I know, that's okay. No, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Camel's Prairie Stash, right? That was your first one. Yeah. That's and just about st- five miles up there. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, you hit that one, uh, in June and, um, yeah, that is cool. You, and, uh, you, you know, like I wasn't sure cause I know you found one in 2000 as well as Hyde, but I wasn't sure if like some of the new people like you and some others, if you were like, had found caches that weren't like ended up not being counted cause, you know what I mean? Oh. There, I'm sure there's. Um, no, because yeah. um, everything got imported over. I don't think anything okay. had a chance to go missing and being known missing before the import took place. There were only okay. about 75 caches at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I know that the original stash was gone almost immediately. I still regret to this day not having gotten down there to get it but yeah you know 
when there were three people worldwide playing it, it wasn't that big a deal. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'll wait for one to be closer, you know. It's a, yeah. If I had known what it would be like 20 years later, I would have said, oh, God, I got to go get that first one before it gets mowed <laughs> over by the by the road equipment. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Jesse's currently got, we all do, but I know Jesse, you've got a, a big fascination currently with the oldest. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, you know, the, the ones that are remaining and hopefully those all get locked in and we don't lose any more of the old ones, you know, the, the first year. Um, uh, but it's fascinating to me that the game, you can consider history at this point, like it's tw- you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. That doesn't seem big in the scheme of in our lifetime, but in, of a game that's something still active like that, there's players that find caches that have been around longer than them. You know, that's that's a pretty fun thing to think about. So yeah, yeah. I'm pretty fascinated with that first year and, you know, the ones that have survived that long and people have taken care of them that long and hopefully they stay here for all the future generations too. But um, I, I'm really kind of curious what you kind of thought. I'm, obviously, you couldn't predict what the game was right, and I'm sure you get asked that all the time. And we're going to ask you again, right? But like, <laughs> like, what were your impressions when you first thought of the game? Was it? There's no way to predict this, right? In 2020. Oh no. But no. What, what were your kind of first impressions of that game? Like, this is this is a neat thing that I'll do for a couple weekends, or this is silly, or you know. Uh, to me, it was like just kind of a a niche, interesting side option to a passion I already had, which was uh, GPS use as well as outdoor mm-hmm. use. Um, you know, um, the reason I knew about geocaching from the start is that I was on the news groups for for uh, GPS use um, right. because I loved using them to map mountain bike trails. That's, that's why I, I was out there. I was really into the technology. I loved maps and all that. So when it was announced that uh, selective availability, the spoofing that that uh, reduced the accuracy of the signal. Right. Uh, when the announcement came that the government was turning that off back in May of 2000, everyone, of course, was really excited. And, uh, you know, everyone was like, I'm going to be out there with my GPS. I'm going to watch the, the uh, variation, you know, go from this big movement. Right. To, you know, the tiny, the tiny, uh, movement um yeah everyone had you know grand plans and uh and then you know one guy dave ulmer said huh you know i bet you now you could mark coordinates for something out in the woods and someone could reasonably find it you know in the past with the the error that was introduced by selective availability it was hit or miss you know if you would uh 200 meters can be a lot especially in the woods and um so that sounded like a great idea. And I watched, you know, as, as he presented the idea and then implemented it. Um, and I said, I wanted to do that myself. I would have gone, I would have put one out right away, but for me, I wanted, I mean, the place that I showed you earlier here where I'm sitting is, uh, is important in my life history. And I wanted to, uh, hide it here. And in May, everything, uh, above this cabin is under snow still. So I right. waited for it to to melt, um, and the place I really wanted to hide it was even further up. And I, I finally got impatient and went to another place that I really liked, but it wasn't the ultimate uh, location right. I wanted to pick. I did get one up there, but uh, it wasn't that first one. But uh, right. yeah, so I waited until. Uh, in fact, on the picture of the the uh, my cache page, you'll see 
my sister um, standing on a mound of snow um, in the picture. And that's, there, there was that much snow still up there, but we were able to get through and, and mm. plant the cash. Yeah. I'll pull it up real quick. Cause uh, it's interesting. Um, yeah. There's a shot of the. <laughs> so when you hid your first cash and I know we're going to talk about that too, but what were your thoughts? Like, Hey, this will be neat and maybe somebody will come find it or, you know, I what was going to be the response to something like that? Well, I thought that there would be, Mike Teague found that first cache of Dave Ulmer's in about three days. Mm -hmm. um, and I was kind of hoping that the same would happen with mine. Uh, and nothing happened. Um, <laughs> in fact, I, I just, I just had my 20th, um, my uh, community celebration event celebrating 20 years of caching. And I had it uh, in the little town, about four miles drive from here, um, had good turnout. I think people were itching to get back to events. Um, and we went up to the cache uh, after the event uh, for those who hadn't done it or for those who had and just wanted to join along. But I had the original logbook at the event um, mm. and I hadn't read through it, but people kind of <laughs> laughed when they looked at the So the first page of the, the logbook is me handwriting a note of what geocaching was all about because there weren't the stash yeah. notes that there were. I just wrote out, uh, of course. you know, what it was all about. And then the second log in it was me saying, just seeing if anyone's been up here. No one yet. Maybe someday. Kind of <laughs> hope. And I went up Memorial Day the next year as well to check on it. Right. And I think, I think it, if, I don't think anyone had gotten to it then, but it was like within a day or two after that. And then it's like the floodgates opened and people started cashing and it took off in 2001, but 2000 wow. was a little slow. Yeah. Uh, there was, um, I, we, we talked a little bit before is that, you know, there probably was a little bit of, you know, un, you know, uncertainty, whether the sport was going to take off or not, like you said, because it's like, yeah. I guess nobody's going to find this. I don't know. Uh, but I, we appreciate the fact that you've kept it alive. Um, it's interesting. There's, um, and it's for another show, but people get confused. I know sometimes on the numbering, um, obviously you don't want to oh, do yeah. one through whatever, but it's kind of cool though, that, uh, 20 GC 25, GC 26, GC 27, all in, you know, obviously that's the number designation for that area, you know, for an Idaho, but it's cool that all, all three of those are still alive, you know, still, still active. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, They've uh, they figured well. They've well. Part of the reason is they're they're rel relatively remote. Now I will say that GC twenty six did go missing. I was the first DNF on that cache, oh. and that's not only were the coordinates way off, like I forget how much, but it's like hundreds of feet. Um, oh wow! But um, it also had walked away by the time uh, he checked on it. Um, so that one did go missing at one point and then it's been rehidden but since then and coordinates up corrected right and since then it's it's uh I, as far as i know it hasn't gone missing again right but uh the reason those three are all in i don't what happened was um when jeremy imported those first 75 caches from mike teague site into geocaching.com 
he started with Washington, um, and then he did Oregon, and then yeah. he did the rest of the states alphabetically in the order that they were hidden. So because uh, Idaho was then separated out, and since mine was first, and then the, the two uh, a little further south were... Kansas. Mm-hmm. They, they were... Uh, a couple days oh. later, a few days later, right. they uh, then followed immediately after mine in the sequencing. Right. So that that's why all the all of these in in Idaho are are together. It's because of the way Jeremy broke it down when he imported them in. Right. After about seventy five, then it's all by date order um, as they came in. But up until then, it's it's that alphabetical breakdown uh, within each state and or country. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, because I know s- different ones. We um, well, you, you know, you got GCDs in Oregon, and then like I said, the twenties in Idaho, Washington. Yeah, right, Washington. Yeah. Then you got twenties there for Idaho, and then you got some thirties in Kansas. So it's kind of cool um, to to hear some of those. Um, um, Dave and Karen in, in Canada were asking if I think they're referring to yours. John, is yours still the original container in the Camel Prairie stash? Well, have you ever? Yes and no. Have you ever heard of the um, the uh, ship of Theseus? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. So, so parts of it. <laughs> so what did it? What ha, one thing I learned about all this is five gallon buckets do not last very well in the, right out in the woods, and so. Um, about two years, no, um, I think it lasted four years up up there on the mountain in deep snows in the winter. Uh, yeah. And then I got a notice in November, like right before the snows flew, that Wild Rose, who's a cashier in this area, right. had been up there and things were wet inside because everything had cracked. And she's the one who recovered the original logbook and got it back to me. Oh, good. Um, I, I went up there then, the... Uh, the next spring once the snow was gone and and yeah the the bucket was just cracked every well the lid was so what i what i did is took a a large 50 cal ammo can okay put it in the bucket punched holes in the bottom of the bucket right uh for water drainage and then put a new lid on top right okay and then i now that ammo can has lasted since then, but I have been replacing parts of the am or of the 50 gallon bucket as okay. they wear out. Right. So it has been, it's been consistently part of, so the base stayed initially <laughs> and the 50 gallon and then a new lid and then the base went and a new base went in and the old lid and then another new, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, it is the original in that respect, but no, no, no original piece of that uh, original uh, bucket remains. Right. Still, though, it's great that it's it's still active. I mean, you know, um, I, I we kind of talked briefly at the show at the beginning, but what is the um, I don't, is there an official or maybe if it's unofficial, that's OK, because, you know, it's just the three of us. But um, here. yeah, there's nobody else here. Um, but um, as far as the year 2000 caches, I'd heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but that 
if if they were to go yes, we are archiving all of them okay gonna archive all of them so there you go first time everybody first. just left everybody just left the immediately there you go you heard it first here folks um is there is there something in place so like if a cash uh a year 2000 cash were to either go missing or the the player was going to archive it I, I guess it depends what does it but well, like the the rumor is and it, we don't know that it's true or not this is something you may know but that hq is trying to make some kind of effort to preserve those year or 2000 the year one caches uh yeah, I, I don't know where they are about it but that's I can speak to that. Um, so uh, they reached out to all of the owners of the 2000 caches. Um, so not the first year, because I don't think they extended it into 2001, but all the 2000 okay. caches, they reached out to all the owners and said, should you, you know, kind of like have a, have a geo will, do you, do you have anything you want done with this cash? If, should you uh, pass away? And, right. uh, Many reached out and said, yes, uh, I would like Groundspeak to have permission to adopt it to whomever. There you go. And so a lot of them are, and I, that's what I, I, uh, I told them, Hey, yeah, I want to, if, if I pass, you know, anyone who, uh, is willing to take care of it. Um, yeah, keep it going on. Now, some of them uh, we didn't hear back from, so they're still, they're still out there, but the owners are gone. So if once we will not forcibly adopt anything out unless we have that that permission of the the owner or the owners, uh, uh, whoever runs their estate. You know, should they pass? Right, um, right, right. And so we can't do anything if if we don't hear from the owners. And in those cases, they will have to be archived. But they did make the effort to contact all of the owners and try to uh, arrange something or, or make sure the person has plans. So that's cool. Yeah. That's good. That's such a historical part of the game at this point. You know, there's and there's not tons out there from the year 2000 left. So, no, no, I forget how many it, it is actually, but it, it's 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 uh, 113 worldwide right okay, now, 113, uh, and under 100 in the U.S. But I mean, that's that's a small number, right? That's a that's a really small number when you're talking about a historical part of the game. So, that's that's a uh, an hour on a power trail. <laughs> yeah, nowadays it is right that's what you do before breakfast so we are going to talk about yeah we are going to talk about power trails because i got to ask you about your your experience on the et highway uh we'll get to that here in a minute but oh geez uh, I, I still get so much grief for that <laughs> i like the fact that you dressed up like an alien and all that that's awesome <laughs> oh you did you saw that picture yeah i did yeah, i thought that's good well i'll show that in a little bit but um do you remember do you remember your first official cash find? And if I need to, I can remind you which one it was. But do you remember yeah, the first one? Savvy stash. Yes. In, uh, on the Yakima River in uh, up in the Cascades, um, just over the, the crest of the Cascades. That's uh, the first cash hidden by Jeremy and Elias and and Brian. They That's were working really for cool. a company called Savvy Savvy Shopper, and if <laughs> if you remember, that era was the uh, the dot com bust, and their yeah. company their company was uh, one of the ones that was going bust, and so they had like a farewell camp out at the campground right uh, across the river from there, and uh, 
I was at Microsoft at, at the time and uh, we had just shipped a product. Um, uh, we would ship product because I, I worked on Flight Simulator in the games group. And so uh, our deadline was always end of September to get stuff out for, for, uh, for Christmas. And I'll never mm-hmm. forget that we had just finished our ship party and then I jumped in the car and drove up into the mountains to go for that cache. Cause that was the first one that was reasonably close to me. And by yeah. reasonably close, it was 50 miles, right? Um, <laughs> That's reasonable close back and, then. Yeah. And I, I ran, ran up there and I thought, Oh, GCD is pretty close too. I might go up for that one as well, but it was too late in the day. I, I started heading up towards GCD and was running out of light, but uh, yeah, there it is. Savvy stash. And uh, I'll definitely remember it. I definitely remember it because I entered from the campground side, which, cause they had said that they had gone uh, camping and they hit it during while camping. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was on the other side of the river, but fortunately oh, no. it being the end of September, the river was pretty low. So I was able right. to wade it and get <laughs> to the cache. And sadly it, it uh, little did I know that there was a, logging road on the other side that that was in the days before we even had maps on gps units right um, right and uh uh little little did i know that there was a a logging road on the other side if i had driven on that i could have just uh bushwhacked a, a, a little bit right to the edge of the river it probably didn't there are probably fishermen's trails over there and sure uh, but yeah i waded through and and found it sitting in the crotch of a tree visible from 100 yards <laughs> <laughs> And that's probably why it didn't last uh, more than a couple finders. Right. So. It's funny because um, some of us that have, like I said, been around. Yeah, I, I started in 06, but there was plenty of times on my old GPS, you know, you get out of the car, you look at the GPS, you start heading directly toward the cache, and you're, you might pick the worst, you know, because you're like, hey, beeline right to it. And there was... Yep. There was one Susan and I were doing is like, oh, we we're bushwhacking like crazy. And all of a sudden we get to the spot and I go, oh, there's a trail here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's follow the trail because probably the cache is all, just off the trail. Sure enough. just Oh, there you go. Yeah. But, but it still know. happens. It still happens today. Even with all the modern technology, we still do that today. I've done it myself and I'm, I have not been around obviously as long as you and not Gary either. And so I'm like a, I'm a phone guy. And so I have no excuse. I've had maps and everything the whole time. And I've done that more than once. Like, ah, I'll just, just climb up here. That'll be, that seems like the straightest way to get there. So that's logic, right? Hey, this is only a 10th of a mile. That trail is four miles to get here. I'll just go right up here. Plus in my defense, most trails I find are, are either way off on the map or non-existent on the map. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Owen mentioned he goes uh, 50, 50 miles way to river sounds like a one one. The ironic thing <laughs> is Savvy Stash is listed as a one one. So, yeah. but then again, that yeah. was yeah. I mean, that was placed you know in September. Are a little different, right? I mean, it's a little different now. <laughs> there was no rock repelling, so it's a one. <laughs> yeah, That's right. right. There's no rock <laughs> repelling. No a, helicopters involved. You're good. That's a one. <laughs> no helicopters. It, it um, was a one on D. The difficulty was a one. I could see that sucker uh, once I was in the. Same yeah. Oh, well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, having cashed all these years since then, if you were go to 
were to go find that cash nowadays, the D may still be a one. What do you suspect the terrain on something like that would be now under current rating standards? Uh, well, I would know about that road on the backside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'd probably that find a be. fishing trail that would take me to the edge of the river and then to that tree. And so probably a two or two and a half is all. Uh, yeah. The way I did it, probably a three because I waited a river. But uh, um, I like yeah. it. That's funny. That's cool, though. <laughs> That's a pretty good cache to start off on, though. In, in fairness, that's a it's a pretty nice area. That's a you know that's not a park bench. That's that's something right. a lot nicer than that. So. Yeah, getting up in the mountains, rivers. Yeah. So you've, you've you've mentioned before in an interview that you did about um, that the family doesn't geocache much. Has things changed at all? Does does the wife? Does she get it, want to get out and geocache at all now, or the sun, or no, no? No, in fact, they're they're next door having lunch with my parents. So I'm actually at what is her family's cabin, but it's where right. we go you now all the time. And and the cabin I'm looking at uh, across the way is where they're having dinner right now, and they're just looking at me, thinking I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Yeah, that's you know they don't. You know, not everybody, you know, does that, but that interesting, you know, to, that you, uh, but, you know, and that's always, I guess, the thing is you, um, we were fortunate that our, our spouses yeah. will geocache with us, but I know others that are listening to the show, um, you know, they, they have to, you know, walk that fine line. Do you, do you find that, they kind of let you go do whatever and do you could you, you guys try to work yeah do you guys try to work it out some where you go somewhere where they can go hike or something and you can kind of go cash for a little bit it's mostly find a time when they uh, can sit and stay where they are and i can go off and do my own thing because right um what uh we had like my wife uh i took on a uh what I thought was a wonderful road trip down through Arizona. Um, when she, I had to be down in Vegas and she was in Vegas for a, 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 a business meeting of some sort. And afterwards we went on this road trip around Arizona. And I thought that was a great, a great trip. It's all these things, you know, the Grand Canyon and right. Uh, Hoover Dam, all the, all the, all the sites. Right. Um, we got into a snowstorm at 9,000 feet uh, you know, in Arizona, and I thought, wow, this is, this is awesome. Um, we thought maybe we're going to get stuck and all that. Well, after that was all said and done, she, I hear the way she tells the story to friends and it's like, oh my God, I just wanted to go lay in the sun and we were in a snowstorm and oh my God, we were stopping every five feet for a cat. I found like maybe 20 caches on that trip, but for her, right. it was like stopping all the time. So I've learned since learned not to do that. <laughs> and so now, now it's more, uh, I just try to uh, go when I have free time and I don't uh, take away from theirs. Right. It's hard to do a balance, right? Like my similar situation, my wife is, uh, she's all in, she goes geocaching all the time. We've been going since the beginning, but um, the kids, you know, for a while they didn't have a choice because they were little. So they had to go right told them they didn't have a choice. But as they got older, we luckily had to get more and more creative, like kind of like you did with uh, making it 
it fit into vacations or we went jeeping or hiking or, you know, mountain climbing, stuff like that. We were doing the other hobbies and we just, you know, happened to do them where there was a bunch of geocaches we wanted to find too. So we always have to weave that into vacations or cruising or whatever else. And they can balance it out. Like I'll go on a cruise, but you know, I'm going to have to pick up a couple of caches while we're there too. Yeah. So you got to do a little balance and exactly. all in all, you make it work with your family. Right. So, uh, yeah, you, you can't, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know we're going to get to it, but I wouldn't like drag my kids to ET. They would never talk to me again after that. Right. So, but if we happen to pick up a cruise in a port, you know, one on a, in a port of a cruise, they'll probably they'll probably balance that one out. So speaking of, and um, Terviator said, ex- explain ET Highway uh, to, to his wife. And it says you're going to do that a thousand times. It's no thanks. So, um, so what was what was your experience on on the ET Highway? Um, what are your what, what are your memories? Hopefully they were good. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, I will say it is exhausting to do a, a power trail. And the only way I can do it, like, you know, obviously I have over 20,000 fines. So obviously I, there is something, I guess that's uh, numbers driven in that respect for me, but not, not to the point where I feel like I have to do every power trail and, and I'm not sure I can real. I to make a long story short, I don't think I would have ever done another power trail if not for the camaraderie that we had on on that outing. Right. There were uh, we had uh, three cars, a bunch of good friends and coworkers, lots of just joking around. You know, so many yeah. anecdotes from that trip. Um, photos. You know, uh, we did the. We weren't just uh, robots. You know, going out. Like we stopped and and put on the 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 ET masks, you know, and and yes. played around that way. We went for the oldest in Nevada in the dark with flashlights and and uh, had an amazing sky, you know, watching the stars, you know, hunting for the oldest in Nevada under starlight. It, it was, I mean, uh, wild horses running uh, across the the dirt road in front of us, and just a lot of amazing uh, adventures like that. I mean at some points too, people were ready to kill each other. Like I remember when Annie, uh, love is her username and, and yeah. love is her name. Yeah, um, yeah, She was like, we really should finish up these caches so that we're, we can start at this point the next day. But, and like people were, if you even suggest another cache, I'm going to throttle you. you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But you know, so yeah, there, there's the, uh, so I, sadly, <laughs> I guess because of semis roaring down the ET highway, there are a lot of uh, cattle that get hit along the way. So we saw a lot. Um, and finally, as we stopped it, we stopped by one and we decided to, to you know, the, the whole thing about uh, uh, alien abductions and, and uh, cattle mutilations, we decided that we'd, we'd have some fun with that. There's another one of me closer <laughs> to a cow. Oh, yeah. One, but, uh, uh, there, there's a cows back there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I assume it's because of uh, being hit on the road. Maybe it's just they wander there and and yeah and pass on. I'm not sure, but but there were uh, it's aliens for sure. It's absolutely it's, it's not the 18 wheelers. It's the aliens that are doing it. They want you to think it's the 18 wheelers. That's why they put them by the road when they're done with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, it, but no, I I really enjoyed it now i i will say that i have tried to recreate that 
um, experience a couple other times on a couple other road trips. Mm-hmm. And it's either been with people who uh, I didn't know as well or um, just mm-hmm. not. And it's, it was not as fun. And it, so each time I do a power trail, I like it less. <laughs> and so I'm, I maybe I might be done now, at least with the mega power trails. But uh, yeah. E.T. was it was definitely a, it was a multi-day adventure with a lot of fun with great people that I did it with. So so yeah. just good memories there. That is. Yeah, that's that's been our experience too. We've talked about it before, but I go on one like uh, what I call a numbers weekend, so kind of a power trail thing every year. But we have the same group that we go with every year now, and we're all friends, but we don't necessarily cash together all the time. But we we make sure we go on one trip every year, and you know it's it's one of those. It's not ET. We've never done ET, but we'll go to some of these big arts around or whatever. And but it works so well for us because, like you said, it's it's all about that camaraderie of that trip. We have so much fun when we go. That's the weekend we really we do a lot of hard cashing and we do car camping and you know sleep out wherever we are and play and have fun. Just the guys. Yeah. The only way to recreate that trip every year is we get that group back together again and we have yeah. a lot of fun doing that. And you know if if it ever became where it wasn't fun or we couldn't recreate that again, we'd be done with those two absolutely. There's so many great, you know, and that's the that's the great thing about geocaching is that. We have, we've all, and hopefully everybody listening either has or hopefully will have an experience like that where, you know, like you said, you get together and they're, they're memories. They're great memories together mm-hmm. of doing doing those kind of things. And so uh, we always encourage people that don't necessarily cash with other people. We always tell them, you know, try to get a situation either at a mega or somewhere where you go out with a small group, maybe you didn't have to be a large group or a large group either way and just do some caching together. Cause it's just, there's something about that. That's, you know, it's got some magic to it that is hard to describe to others. Um, just the camaraderie and the fun of, of doing, doing something like that. So how, how many uh, like power trails had you done before you did ET? Oh, before, None of that. That was the first mega uh, power trail. I mean, I've right. done uh, power trails of like a hundred before, mm-hmm. but that one at the time, I think it was uh, 22 or 2,400 on ET. Um, and we did it. Like yeah. So, so being around from I the know, beginning. Days, <laughs> there are people who would do it on, in one day and oh, so yeah. we were taken three but uh yeah that sounds like that's more than i've ever done in any group at one time i think even in a year i don't think i've ever done that many in a whole year before but um no i haven't i haven't done 2200 in a whole year that's that's a lot we gotta go do that jesse because that's that would be incredible i do want to do that and i want to bring you know like gary and i've talked about doing that i want to do it and bring the right people along because you only get to do it once right i'm only doing it once i don't know anything else but Yeah, you know, more than those memories forever, just like y'all had. But be, being around from the beginning, do you remember when you first saw power trails like coming into existence? Do you remember when the first one you heard about? Okay. Or I remember, I absolutely remember the first one. It was the uh, the Trail of the Gods, I guess it was uh, called. It was the one in uh, in California, but it was the along the power line, the power tra- line that runs from Hoover Dam to LA. Like a true power um, trail. Like, like what yeah, it was, yeah, that, 
That's why yeah. they called it a power trail is because it was on power lines. Or right. Like along the power lines. Power line trail. And, yeah. Uh, and heard that before. Stuck. The name yeah. stuck. Because, uh, but uh, that one didn't live that long because once the, uh, I think it was the power company or maybe it was BLM. I'm not sure. But they, when they found out that they actually thought that terrorists would be able to, to hit the towers uh, using the coordinates of the, the geocaches. I mean, it, it wasn't the, it wasn't like, Oh, we don't want these people close to our, the, the, right. the explanation was kind of a head scratcher. It wasn't right. something that, that we uh, would really think was the biggest concern. Um, but uh, yeah, that didn't last very long. But after that, that same group was um, involved in another trail, I think. But anyway, then before long, uh, the ET uh, trail popped into existence. So, right. And that had to be it. Like when I came into the game, obviously power trails had been around forever, right? But it had to be interesting to see it go from there was a few out in the woods to now people are hiding hundreds in a row somewhere. That's, that's a big evolution of the game, I would say. Definitely. Yeah, and I will confess, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably lose lose some support out there, but I'll confess that I, I was offended is too strong of a word, but I thought, oh God, here's the end of the game. This, yeah. this, this is going to kill it. This is right. not what the game what originally was. Uh, this is not in the spirit of it. Uh, we used to have a, a line in the uh, in the guidelines that said, "Don't hide a cache every 528 feet just because you can, or every right. 600 feet." I guess what Thanks. I said, just because you right. can. And right. um, and it, you know, the idea was to get people to have caches. It was all about location. It wasn't about numbers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it took me a long time. I was very resistant to even doing a power trail, but we were down there for GeoCoin Fest that year. Mm -hmm. And a group of us said, hey, uh, well, another group said, we're going to go do the, the, the uh, power trail. You, you have to come along. I said, no way. I, I'm <laughs> not going to do that. That's and to make, I, sorry, I rambled, but to make a long story. No, you're short, good. Um, uh, I ended up going on that. That was that out that outing on the ET trail. I had so much fun; it completely changed my attitude towards them. Right. Um, because once you're out there doing it, we weren't out there for numbers. I mean, I guess in a way we were. In that yeah. it was the attraction of all those caches that led us there. Mm -hmm. But it was the experience and the people that made it what it was, and it was. I realized that was an experience as valuable as any other um, that I've had geocaching. And it, that completely changed my attitude toward it, uh, toward them. Uh, you know, it, it's clear that you can get, uh, have a fulfilling uh, geocaching experience doing them. So uh, yeah, that, that uh, any, any love changed my thinking on that. She's the one who, who she and, David Vaughn and Jackie Vaughn from Seattle, uh, they were the core group organizing that. And they, they are the ones who convinced me to, to, uh, to try it and, and change my attitude. So. <laughs> That's good. Well, uh, and you know, and it's, it's hard to have a bad attitude about something that you've never tried. Right. So yeah. once you try the yeah, ads, it's, it's, it's worth trying every different part of the game. And That's yeah. Good. And one thing, one thing I've learned that you, 
the the more able you're able you are able to embrace all these different aspects of the game, um, the more valuable it comes to. Uh, you know, if if it's like I know we've lost a lot of old time cashiers because they wanted hikes to ammo cans on mountaintops, which are phenomenal. That's my favorite. But sure. if that's all you do, you're either going to be have snow or you're going to get old and not be able to make those hikes anymore or, you know, whatever reasons, time, you no longer have the time. The better, if you can better embrace all aspects of, of the game, I think the more you're going to stick with it and get value mm-hmm. out of it. And I think that's why I have stuck with it as long as I have is that although my wife would disagree, I, I tend to be kind of open to, to, to things. Um, and as changes have come, I yes, I'll maybe complain once in a while, but then uh, instead I'll embrace it and realize that there's value there and, uh, and open up to it. And then, then that it just opens up a whole new part of the game to me. And so instead mm-hmm. of it changing for the worse, it's, it's spreading out into a variety of different uh game like someone posted uh, games within the game and yeah uh, i think that, that's what helps motivate me absolutely no and we we say that same thing on this show all the time right like if, if you haven't tried everything you don't know which parts you currently like the best to get and it could change it, it changes for us over the years definitely we we like the big numbers or we like the the big long hikes and that could change next month you could get totally interested in every part of the game so Keep trying Adventure Labs. A lot of people weren't on board with those at first, and now people are loving them, you know? So it's, you really have to try it all. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if, if you don't like something, you can either try to change it or or just say, okay, that part's not for me and leave it to the side. I, I mean, if I think if people were less concerned about other people's oh my gosh. Uh, way that they in, enjoy the game. As long, I mean, I'm not for cheating. Uh, uh, right, right, right. I'm not. I'm not saying. Oh, go ahead and, and cheat. I think there's right. something to be said about integrity. But right. if it's not for you, but others are enjoying it, allow that. You know, yeah. as long as it's not harming others and the right. game. Right. That's you know, it's it's a game. It's still a game. You know, people. So enjoy the part that you like, but don't bag on the stuff that other people like. If we could, if we could get that one message out, oh, people would have so much more fun, right? You don't have to do everything. Just let somebody else do the part that they like and you do the part that you like. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy to listen to any, any evidence that something is harming the game, but uh, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure that uh, power trails are, I mean, you can find isolated anecdotes about, Oh, you know, some agency didn't, didn't like the saturation or some, some mm-hmm. that's why we hope that people work with their local uh, agencies, you know, for placement and such, but, but yeah, you know, overall, I, I've not seen anything that is short of cheating. That's bad for the game. So, um, at least I haven't seen evidence for it. Yeah. You kind of alluded to it now, and I think you already answered the question, but having played all the different parts of the game, what is your favorite current? I guess I have to say current, right? Cause I could change again, but what's your current favorite way to go geocaching? It's still the hike in the woods. Um, to it's, to me, I still think that you should think about the location before you hide the cache. I don't think I would ever personally hide a power trail unless I found a power trail of phenomenal locations, you know, just strung sure. out on a road. 
Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So for me, it's still about location. So as long as the cash is taking me to a location, whether it's a familiar one that's just spectacular or introducing me to a new spot I didn't know about before, that that's what makes it to me. It just so happens that that's typically a hike on a trail in wilderness for me, usually. Right, right. Uh, that, that you know, that's that's my favorite too. But you can't always do that. You know, you can't. No, you can't get a mountain every day. Especially uh, in this area in winter. I mean, Seattle, Seattle just gets rainy. But uh, the other side of the state where I'm living, uh, Spokane, and then North Idaho, you know, they're four distinct seasons and you can't sure. have that sort of experience uh in the winter so yeah you've got to you've got to enjoy other things that's a good time for uh solving puzzles hunting down puzzles um mm-hmm. gadget caches that sort of thing so yeah so i'll, I'll also be an equal i'm sorry go ahead gary oh go no go ahead i'm gonna I'm switch gears so go ahead and keep going you kind of you kind of led us in our next questions anyway right so all else being equal like where the location is and you mentioned puzzles. Do you have a favorite cache type? You've, cache. you've done them all at this point, right? You've done everything. So, a, a favorite type of hide? Uh, not type of hide necessarily, but type hide. of cache. So, multi puzzle, where I go, or oh. cache, that kind of. Well, it, it's boring, but uh, you know, a, a traditional an ammo can up on a mountaintop is that's hard to beat. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That is true. That is true. Somebody mentioned about trackables we'll get to that here in a moment so don't 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 worry about we'll get to coins and trackables here in a second oh that's right we were going to talk about coins <laughs> we are eventually yeah but i want to cover some other areas so um in this i'm going to introduce a topic that again we could do for several hours but when you stop and think about the caches you found in other countries and you found quite a few uh, caches in, in other countries in Europe and Australia and several places. What are some what are some memories that come back that that really stand out that you that that you really look back on in your um, finds overseas? Wow, um, probably fifty uh, percent of my best memories are are those um, overseas ones, whether it's uh, going up to visit my wife's relatives in Calgary early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in like, I think it was 2001 and visiting some old caches up there where I'm walking in the Canadian Rockies through a, a dry Creek bed with petroglyphs mm-hmm. and come to a, an a empty you know, a bowl, uh, the water was, was low, but normally there are waterfalls in there and finding a cache in there, uh, and mm. opening it up. And it's still, people say, what's the coolest thing you ever found in a cache? There, I found a hand embroidered hat from Uzbekistan that someone had oh, put wow. in this cache. And it's like, it's a really cool, colorful embroidered hat. Um, and I, I, of course, I've kept that. And it's like, that's the, the best thing I've ever found in a cat. There's been nothing like that. That was, um, I mean, it was it's such an experience just finding that sort yeah. of thing. Um, I found my 10,000th cash in Gibraltar. Um, I, uh, my most recent uh, international um, 
Cashin was in Scotland. Oh, cool. uh, which I absolutely love. Oh, I love um, Scotland too. Yeah. Um, and uh, met some great people who, you know, I, I see having m- making geocaching friends for life, you know, with, with s- these people. Um, yeah. And uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Every, uh, I took a three week vacation in Europe. Maybe it was only two weeks, but um, mm-hmm. there used to be a, a uh, Groundspeak used to host uh, around the world a uh, a uh, kind of a retreat for, or more of a conference for reviewers until oh, okay. things just got too big. You know, they couldn't right. do that. But I think it was in 2007. And anyway, I joined mm-hmm. some uh, reviewer friends and uh, t- took a, a long uh, road trip through Europe that time. That's so many memories from that. Yeah. Um, Good and bad, but uh, mostly good. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I could, uh, that's for another show. I could go. Yeah, it is. A whole, that, a whole that's for a full other show for sure. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Cause we have, we have a lot of international listeners and, and uh, we have some people tonight that live down under. I know you, you've done several in Australia. Um, Australia. My wife and I were just talking last week. It's like if we had to, uh, if we had to escape the U.S. for some reason and go right. to another country, where would it go? And I said, "Well, I sure liked Australia." And she said, "That's my first pick." <laughs> so, <laughs> so right now, uh, Australia is near the top of the list on where we would go if, if like, if chaos reigned in the U.S. Yeah. So, we we appreciate all of our. Uh, our Australian, <laughs> good day. Our, our Aussie friends, uh, uh, kitty catch, you know, catching with a bunch of mates. It's yeah. the best. That's I like the oh, way that the mates too. Yeah, again, um, made some really amazing friends in Australia, and I, I honestly can't wait to get back. We, I didn't want to make the mistake when I went there of of trying to see everything. You know. It, I mean, right. th- it's the size of the U.S., right? You, you yeah, know. it is. Yeah. But, so we focused just on Victoria, and then we took a weekend trip to Tasmania, and that was amazing. You know, we, we got to, obviously, we still didn't see everything you could possibly see in th- those areas, even close, but it, we didn't feel like we were um, spread too thin. We were able to really kind of focus on Melbourne and areas around there and Tasmania and really enjoyed it. Uh, was down there for Omega, uh, met some amazing, amazing people. So it's always about the people. Oh, oh yeah. No. Uh, the, the people in the places, it's it's incredible. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, we should probably transition into um, the story. I know you've told a, a thousand times, but maybe we can find a, a new twist on, on it. But, um, uh, you know, you... you you know, you, you're called the father of geocoins. Uh, obviously if people know the story, you know, the, the idea of a coin was around, uh, the military, you know, that's where you kind of got the idea, right. was the, the challenge yep. coins, the military, but I'm, it's kind of cool that you, what was, what was your exposure, I guess, to, uh, a, a military challenge coin. Did you just heard about him or did you, did you seen one before? I had not. Um, 
even though my dad had been in the military, I, I guess that was something that he just never shared with me or whatever. Right. I, I guess he was Korean War, and I think they really came on maybe more in the Vietnam era. Later on, um, right. Yeah, but uh, anyway, um, it was at the very first event held in Washington State, which if you look, you will never find it. And this is kind of an interesting story. Um, it was uh, owned by a cacher in Seattle uh, who goes by the name Big Kid. And rather uh -huh. than create a, an event listing, he just converted his virtual cache in Madison Park in Seattle to an event for one day and then oh. back to a, a virtual the next day. So if you look at that virtual um, in Madison Park, or Magnuson, not Madison, Magnuson Park in Seattle. Um, right. You'll see uh, in July of 2001, a bunch of caches talking about an event sandwiched <laughs> in uh, with uh, proper uh, virtual cache finds. So cool. anyway, at, it was at that event in Magnuson Park in July of 2001 when um, I knew I was, I was getting close to 100 finds then which back then was quite a lot. Now, now yeah. we've talked oh, yeah. about that's an hour on a power trail. Um, <laughs> uh, and I was like, I, I want to come up with something. Like people were already leaving signature items and caches. And, right. and I, that really appealed to me because um, I could always tell if someone had already been to the cache before I even reading the log by opening it up and seeing their item that they always left. Like there was one guy who sadly is no longer in the game but uh, he always left a shiny kid's whistle. Um, oh, cool. Uh, it, and as soon as I saw that that whistle in a cache, I knew he had been there. So yeah. I was thinking I wanted something like that, you know, that, where people would recognize that I had been there, uh, you know, as soon as they opened the cache, but I wanted it to be, you know, easy to carry and durable and small. Right. You know, I didn't want anything too big. Um and there was a guy named Silver. His username was Silver at that event in Washington. And as I was talking about this, he said, oh, how about minting a coin? And I was kind of taken aback. And I may have even laughed because, you know, at, at that time, I knew nothing about minting coins. And I just yeah. thought that was something that was governments do that. Right. <laughs> People don't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not making quarters here. It, yeah. Going to get in trouble. Yeah. And he said, oh, these are popular in the military. And he, he he's the one who explained challenge coins to me. And he yeah. said, uh, if you go out and look for challenge coin manufacturers on the web, you'll find it. Um, and right. so I think that that evening I started looking and I settled on the first one that returned my call, um, you know, inquiry and uh, put together a, 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 the most basic design. I didn't know all that you could do either you know and so i just used the logo i i had made for for me a, a mountain biking logo i had made for a t-shirt design years before that was right. my logo and then on the other side i adapted the geocaching.com logo to fit around surface right and called that good and and uh minted that first batch of 100 and i wanted i got them uh, in time for my hundredth find, which was in September of that year, 2001. And, uh, uh it just so happened, uh, I was asking on the forums at that time, 
uh, anyone know of a good cache to make a milestone cache in Washington? And Jeremy reached out to me and said, hey, I'd like to join you whenever you decide on that. And right. it was on that drive or shortly before as we were getting ready for it that he he told me the idea he had for uh, tra travel bugs on the, the site, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah. And he said, do you want to uh, track your coins? I said, yeah. I mean, he offered it to me without <laughs> me asking. It's like the only numbers I had were the the, the actual sequential numbers on the coins. I said, well, that right. would be Sure. <laughs> Little did I know that would be a problem later on uh, just with people uh, cheating, essentially. Um, so somebody found one of your coins near Memphis. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. Yeah, was that's it incredible. Because... All of my geocoins were metal. I did have um, wooden nickels that, uh, over the years, people have thought the wooden nickels were the geocoins. Uh, but right. But if you found a metal one that was one of mine, yeah, yeah. wow. Um, I'd love hearing the stories when they're found in in the wild because nowadays it's it's kind of rare for them to last in the wild. Uh, and yeah, I end up for sure. Uh, I end up donating or gifting or trading most of them. Uh, as opposed to them, most of them, it used, you know, early on, it was, they were, they were just swag that I put in, in caches, right. but you know, it's hard to mint 20,000 coins and so can't put them in all of them. And, and uh, now obviously I've become more selective on where they go. And, Oh, I just got the, my wife thinks it's time for me to end this interview. She says it's time for me to come to dinner, but well, she'll well, understand if I'm late. Well, we'll start to wrap up, but uh, you've... Uh, I just got the message. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you've you found a few trackables, um, just to, and you you own a few. Uh, interesting. So uh, I was just looking. Um, it, it's it, it takes a long time to, to scroll to the bottom of yeah. your list, but you yeah, have... They need tabs or something on those pages. Yes. Yeah. You, you total trackables owned. Uh, you're at uh, 2,524 trackables that you own. Um, yeah. And about uh, about three-fifths of those are mountain bike geocoins. Right. <laughs> and you've also moved or discovered 2,900 right on the dot. So you're at 2,900. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's I, cool. I, uh, I don't like doing the uh, go to a mega, get a list of them and, and just no, yeah. put them in. I like to actually interact with them. And and uh, so those those are 2,900 that I've either seen in the wild or specifically interacted with and gotten the right. trackable. Actually discovered. Yeah, that is that is cool. Yeah, I'm. that's in – I think Jesse and I talked about we got to do a show sometime on trackables because uh, – Right now, it's a very mixed bag of people. That's a bad way to put it in it. Bag of people. <laughs> bag of people. Very mixed. Put a, put every put, put all the people in a bag. No. Um, <laughs> if um, <clears throat> the community of geocachers right now, it's very mixed. Some people know a lot about them, but I keep running into people who are like, "What's a path tag? I mean, what's a trackable?" I yeah. found a. You know, and like you said, it's rare. I did find when I was uh, early on, I did find a coin 
you know, you don't see them very much in caches. Uh, you find path tags a lot, I think, more often. But, you know, the whole, you know, it, it's an interesting area, I guess, of the, of the game that's sort of we need to, I think. It's almost like a, a game in and of itself. The it is. All that stuff. Fest, yeah. You know, like we talked about earlier, cha you know, challenges and stuff like that. There's all these little games with inside geocaching. There's so many different ways people interact with geocoins and trackables. It's almost like a whole game inside geocaching. It's it's that popular within it. It really is. Yeah, and and sometimes they don't mix as well as you you'd like i guess be, meaning like a brand new a brand new wow someone has a uh one of yeah. my path tags i haven't i haven't been to the path tag for so many years but <laughs> for a long time not, <laughs> it's a collector more right there <laughs> i will say that i have actually seen a couple of your original coins as yeah. well from some of the people you've gifted them to uh you you would know who they were obviously and i wouldn't give out the i don't know how i'd say which one it was but <laughs> I would assume it's one of the first less than five in the sequence, if that gives you a hint. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, but uh, it, it's the people it, that have the original ones you're gifted to. Yeah, Joe's one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they're very particular about those that you've, when you've gifted somebody to them, it's I, the ones that I've seen are in like a wooden box and that they, they hold that as like their prize <laughs> of what they have, right? I mean, it is. You, you know, all these other coins are in like a binder. They've got this little, do you want to see something really special? No. <laughs> <laughs> Some, sometimes that's the case. Other times people, it's just another coin to them and they uh, trade it to someone else or put it on eBay. I've, I've, that is not as common anymore, but uh, right. uh, there've been quite a few over the years that have gone on eBay. In fact, I think that one that Joe has may have, ended up on ebay and he got it and then he he yeah he he bought it and then returned it to me and yeah. i said no you you gotta keep this because the amount of care you put into getting it out of from where you found it and back to yeah. me it, it, you're you're a better steward of it than i could ever be so right how does somebody put them on ebay when the serial number starts with zero? Oh yeah <laughs> the number starts with zero and that that tells you something about it you know you're like oh my gosh you think, uh, yeah, yeah. You think people would take a moment and kind of look and see what they got. You know, what is this? You know, is this anything you know of that is interesting? I mean, as far as like kind of original. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is. It is amazing. Uh, we've enjoyed them. Obviously, we got we've got our own. You know, we got several of the of the geocaching kind. We've got we had one that we made up for the leaderboard when we were we were part of the leaderboard, and we've got path tags and. And all those, so it's been, and we, you know, we have people, you know, like old Ryan here. He he treasures his his coins. You know, that's um, interesting. Did, we have that guy have a coin. Yeah, who let Ryan have one? I don't know. We'll get it back from him at some point. Yeah, well, we, Ryan, you need to send that send that back to to John, so you can't have that. So does it surprise you how big you know from the the initial idea? I don't know. You, you were talking to him about tracking and everything else with the coins and how that's kind of grown so big. Are you, are you ever surprised by where it is at now? Yeah, I'm actually really quite surprised. In fact, like it changed so much. Like, like, so a lot of people are surprised that I activate them all under my account. 
because that's not what happens anymore with geocoins, but it's what I've always done because they were just trackables, right? You know, when I started mm -hmm. off, they were just trackables. I've just kept doing that mm -hmm. ever since. And it's kind of now a, almost a, 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 I don't know. It's just, it's routine. That's just what I, I do. And I don't, I don't adopt them out to the people who I give them to. I mm -hmm. keep them on my account. It just, it's, tradition i guess in a wacky mm -hmm. way um, yeah but yeah i certainly didn't think one that people would want to collect it i thought maybe oh you know someone might keep one uh you know just uh, in with all of their other things that they've collected like that uzbekistan hat that i right. that i got right. you know the uh, memories from the game but i never saw them, saw them becoming their own collectible and their own part of geocaching right um, and where they are now, like, wow, people are actually, actually have businesses designing and minting them. I never expected that. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. And people personally own, and I'm not even talking about the hardcore people. I'm talking about like a, just a, what do you consider a run of the mill casher, right? Like not the experts or whatever else. People own hundreds of them. They really yeah. collect them. It's, you know, even there, there's people that just go way out of their way to really collect them. And they really enjoy that aspect of the game. You see people at Megas coming in with hand carts stacked with binders. Oh, yeah. And not, not to sell. That's their collection. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I never, never would have expected that. So it's, it's cool to see. And then I, I'll say that to, to my wife. She says, why didn't you make that a business? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it's like, eh, it's, leave that to the people who know know what they're doing the, the ones who would have foreseen what what they'd become that i wasn't able to i have yeah. to ask a question did you ever think people would be tattooing your idea on their body <laughs> no, no, no definitely not and and six times i mean i don't know anybody that would do that but i've heard people do get those tattoos though jesse's got one that's why he's really <laughs> just, just one Oh, just one. Oh, I got more than one tattoo, but I've only got one trackable tattoo. Yes. Oh, see now, you're not going to win the most trackable, the most trackable <laughs> yeah. human on earth, or whatever. It, uh, exactly. I don't even know who has the record now. I didn't know that was a record, but I'm not surprised either. So that's that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, it, there's stuff like, you know, Geo Dandrew says, I have dragons that are trackable. Yeah, you can get all sorts of things that are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> James has a trackable but are they tattoo. tattooed on you? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Get your whole collection tattooed on you. Yeah. <laughs> there, that's easy. Pass that around at the Mega. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, you say it and somebody may do it, though. Seriously, there's, <laughs> you know. So. A couple last questions, uh, and to, to finish up on the the coin we'll part, with the wife. We'll, we'll, yeah, we don't want to we don't let you we'll let you wrap up. But uh, do you? I know you can't count them, but because um, I know you you you've kept them. But is there? Are you allowed to display any of your coins at the house, or are you? You put them in a nice oh, uh, container, uh, or are they in a drawer somewhere? I, I have I have asked for a display case and that hasn't quite materialized yet but i have to get permission to put that in the uh, the den so but you, but, you couldn't you display know, them all because kind of, you got thousands just, just, right uh, i do i do i have way too many and uh 
but the ones that I would want to display. Yeah. Right. So I, I'd really like to do like in Germany, uh, there there's a laser trophy company that actually makes uh, stylized holders for coins. They they've got yep. the insert that the coins fit perfectly, and and then oh, it's cool. like, uh, 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 I don't know if it's pyrex not pyrex but, but uh, plastic on either side and bolts yeah. together and then you have a display i try right. to find some place that might do that in the u.s i uh yeah. whenever i ask about do you know anyone who does that it always goes back to germany but uh yeah. um, i'd love to do that and then that i could take to events and and put on the wall when i'm not at an event so yeah that's true. So you see both sides of the coin and yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's true. Yeah. We could sort of spin it and see it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So as we wrap up tonight, I, I, my, I guess my last question for tonight, and we'll have you on again sometime. We'll talk some more because I, I know we've got more stories and questions, but um, for tonight, last question, I guess would be um, how is, and you could, part of it you can do general. I don't want, we don't want to talk about specifics, but how is geocaching.com doing just in, in, in a, in, in a general sense, uh, you know, is it, you know, or is it, um, is it going to shutter the doors? Is it going to close tomorrow? Or is it going to, is it going to survive this time? And then also just some general thoughts on where you kind of hope or see things kind of progressing in the next few years maybe um before i answer that i have to share that uh, my wife just a text from her just came across as you were asking that question that said adam and i are eating your steak you're telling no we're done so she's trying to she's trying to encourage me to to run over there but, and we're, uh, we're wrapping um, up yeah so um being the data one of the data guys at, at work um, at Groundspeak, I've been very much in, in into numbers and and the the data, you know, the the details of what's happening with the game, especially through COVID, and uh, it's very very good for us. Um, the numbers, um, uh, I I've plotted out uh, cash publications, and of course there was a major dip when areas were shut down. Sure. But it has exploded after that. I'm, and places are still locked down in a lot yeah. of places. But those places right. that have opened have more. We are so we are ahead in terms of accounts and caches being hidden uh, this year compared to last year, um, despite the massive slowdowns earlier in the year. Um, mm. So that's good in terms of the the playing field. Uh, lots of new caches out there. And then um, there was no sign, despite a lot of people locked down, there was no sign of slowdowns of, of geocaching this year. And in fact, we we're up about 20% over last year. That's great. Um, Good. And so I, I can say that we're faring really well. I mean, I'm lucky to, to work at a place that, uh, the, I started working at Groundspeak at, during the uh, the 2008-2009 recession uh, because uh, layoffs at my previous work led to me having no work, but Groundspeak was exploding at that time. And here right. now, again, during a downturn, 
uh, Groundspeak is really growing it. Uh, geocaching seems to fare well in, when there are economic downturns. It seems to right. be a good thing that people can do to spend their time mm-hmm. and uh, get out with the family. You can social distance. Uh, you can yeah. cache safely. And uh, a lot of people are seeing it as a, a great way to, to spend time, you know, new and old. So, Yep. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, John. We're going to, we're going to wrap up so you can get, you, you get, you get a little bit of scraps of your food there, but uh, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for being yeah, on. So, um, and thanks for the patience with my connection. Oh, you're perfect, man. That's great. Um, yeah, no, you're I'll good. You so. This is what I, I, I yeah. there you go. <laughs> And with that, I think we'll just say good night, showing the show that is the end. So thanks, John, and thanks everybody for being on tonight. And we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you.